What if it's a Bane Blade gunline and we split custody? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stat Check episode 45, 49, oh, bigger number, <laughs> a hard race night. Um, I am Innes, I am joined, as always, by Nathan and Anthony, and as very frequently by Jeremy. We are here to elucidate and complain and commiserate on all things 10th edition, uh, now that we are a decent bit deep into Leviathan. I think I've played almost a dozen games now, um, like, literally, like, I did a full practice weekend, played a bunch more DPS, <laughs> whole bunch of stuff. It's been wild um it's having i'm having a very odd time with it because <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i'm in the top left i'm in the bit that's never in a deployment zone that's that's the bit that i'm in um okay um so yeah it's been, it's been super interesting i know uh, anthony's been involved in a bunch of warhammer stuff uh jeremy the same and nathan's been taking a bit of a chill but we're going to go through the usual we'll do a little bit of the standard stuff so the housekeeping bit of we're going to talk about why we're not talking about stats as usual uh because there is no stats at the moment uh we'll talk a little bit about how our last week or so has gone and then we'll do a little bit of a we'll talk about 10th and the general state of game the st general state of play how we're all feeling about it what we're enjoying what we're not enjoying lots more um what we you know things like that things of that nature and then we will probably move into questions pretty quickly because there's an absolute pile of them from the discord this week because everybody's got their hands on 10th edition obviously and is starting to develop opinions and wanting to hear ours for reasons that i fully still refuse to fathom but i understand that people want them and i'm willing we're if everyone knows anything about the people on the show we're all very willing to share our opinions at almost a moment's notice um so with that said let's start top right nathan how you been been doing all right. Um, I have not played a game of 10th edition yet. I've also like, wow, damn, that also was confusing to me to watch the Windows switch kind of on the fly there. Um, I haven't played a game of 10th yet. I'm a little behind on like my trying to digest 10th edition rules because I was sick last weekend and I was at a conference the week before that. So I'm just like a little behind and I have a, my last game of 9th edition on Saturday where I have to score 48 points with Innes' Iron Hands list in order to win the league, which I think is achievable. Um, what, are you going blind, drunk, or like debilitated, or with one hand? Like, pick, pick one, you'll be fine. I'm going to go really relaxed. That's what I'm going to John Jeffries just gives us a dollar, but it... It's because we, we fixed the orders for him, um, and honestly, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Um, other than that, I've been starting to tinker with like list building and stuff like that. I've got some painting and stuff that I've been trying to get done. I have a night project that I'm kind of excited by. So I downloaded some, like a bunch of guides on like how to do Imperial night livelry that I'm really excited by. That's about it. And I've played a lot of Diablo four while being sick because I can do that, but I cannot read indexes. Um, Cause Diablo four requires me hitting like four buttons every eight seconds while the Druid is on like cooldowns and Reading and analyzing indexes takes way too much brain power. To be fair, if you make it the Eldar index, it's about the same amount of brain power to play I mean, as well. So. <laughs> true. It takes a couple of seconds for your brain to get over the fact that you don't have to make any choices. Well, you can make some choices. You can choose to have one or three Wraith Knights, I guess. Um, you can choose to take like a bunch of broken nonsense 
I don't know. I learned recently somebody was telling me that that you could turn one probably just kibosh your opponent by teleporting the incarn over turn one after blasting them to pieces with Wraith Knights and then just charging them and then just deleting another unit like repeatedly in sequence and just take out your entire army in their deployment zone, which I thought was kind of neat. That's about it. Yeah. I do wish Bane Blades were a little cheaper because the Doom Hammer is endlessly funny at making things explode on a three up. Is that the one? Like, I, I really don't enjoy <laughs> that a few of them are slightly more than 500 points. Like, as a Gene Circle player, it offends me that there's like three I can't take. Not because I would ever take one. I don't own a Bane Blade. I'm never going to own a Bane Blade. But the fact that I'm not allowed to makes me want one out of spite now. There's a, there's a few that are under 500 points. I think there's the some, Doom Hammer is like... Yeah, it's more that there are the any that are over 500. Oh, fair, fair. It's, why? It's, why are you doing this to me, GW? I would have... If I could have had all of them, I might, I might have bought one. I mean, if they were closer to 400 points, like just like a little bit cheaper, they might be okay. But they're so big. I think people forget how big Bane Blades are. So if they all had Devastating Wounded Fate Dice, they'd probably all be all right. They would be. I mean, if they were also 370 points, had Towering, were super tall... Could use fate dice, be minus one to wound, have a two up, and minus four one invuln, and minus they one damage. No rake that on God's Earth has a four up invuln. <laughs> you can give them that, but otherwise they can also just have a one up save because of board as well. Nobody's doing it. You, can, however, give a bane blade a four up invuln. Yes, you have to take a primary psyker. Who I'm not. No, you don't. Oh, engine seer. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I remember like piecemeal the indexes. Piecemeal. You know, one of those things where like if you're gonna give the guy an access to a four bivol, just give him one of those data sheet and make him four points more expensive. Don't tie it to a character following him. What's hard in the button? Like <laughs> four, five dollars for Innis to buy. Thanks, thanks, like ben. I'll get, I'll, I'll get <laughs> off the like recaster. Like a that'll buy of a, a blade. Bonson at a recaster, I think. <laughs> I if you guys give enough money, I'll bring one with me to WTC and give Innis a Bane Blade in there. How about that? I have oh, a no. second one that I do not need, and I'll just bring it. I have never, I don't own a Bane Blade, but I, a friend of mine was trying to get his ready for a tournament. So I grabbed, um, he had four colors with him to paint an entire Bane Blade. So we grabbed tissue paper and painted it entirely with sponges and no brushes uh, by just dabbing it with tissue paper, uh, which I was very impressed with because it actually was better than most of my army at the time. So, you know. <laughs> That says a lot of two. That says two very important things. Neither of which are big bricks that aren't hard to paint, and that I don't paint that great sometimes. Yes. Oh yeah, but Bane Blades are huge models. There's a picture of one next to a Rogaldorn, and a Rogaldorn's already a big model, and it's like two and a half Rogaldorns in size. You're never moving that around the table. Yeah, it was really weird when the Rogaldorn had a was the same toughness and armor save as it. Yeah. Instead, I, I'm looking at knights because at least knights can shoot over buildings. And walk over small ruins. Okay. And with that, Nathan, you're on. You're <laughs> muted again. You've left off villages. <laughs> Jeremy, how have you been? We're going to continue with the person in top right because it was Nathan, but now it's Jeremy. Are we going to rotate um, Anthony up there next? No, that won't no that's going to make people upset. Uh, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Um, uh, Saturday was spent teaching a group of friends how to play 10th edition, going through the missions, going through uh, how all the new rules work, playing a bunch of silly test games. Um, laughing at how silly a unit of crisis suits with nothing but sibs is because it just blows its brains out every single time it shoots. Um, yeah, we had a we had a we had a great time on Saturday, but it was uh, very much a silly, carefree. Let's just have fun and figure out how all this shit works. Um, combined with a lot of beer, a lot of scotch, and a lot of barbecue, so it was just a fantastic day. Um, 
yeah, I'm also extremely happy that this person invited us all out because he lives four minutes away from me. So I now have a new place to play Warhammer when I want to just play casual games. It's lovely. Um, and yeah, just been having fun with that. Uh, and been slowly but surely trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do for WTC because that could be a lot of fun. Hell yeah, sounds good. It's, uh, it's been an interesting experience. How have you found those, like super high level? What's been your take on that so far from the practice game? Like, super avoiding, level. like the competitive spirit, like how has it been with like the casual, the more casual, like intro levels, teaching people side of things? Is that something we often kind of forget at this stage? Anthony's leaving because he doesn't want to hear it. Um, but like for the people who are, you know, we are obviously a very competitively focused podcast because it's what most of us are super vets in, except Nathan, who mostly cares about trolling uh, crusade leagues. Uh, <laughs> um, but how has it been for sort of like the, the closer to the ground, the more, you know, store level players? Like what's it been like? They've all been really been enjoying it. Um, and I will say this, that from both a competitive and a more casual stance, the new missions are just a ton of fun. Um, I will probably never force people to ever play Servo Skulls at a tournament because it is the silliest or, mission or ever. Let's be honest, I just don't enjoy the placing objectives during the game. Yeah, uh, we, we just I just discovered that you just have to start using tokens. You can't use the neoprene objectives because it just gets real confusing real fast. Um, but it is very funny watching objectives go when you make an objective sticky and then it just goes 12 inches every single battle round towards your opponent's deployment zone. Yeah, that sounds obnoxious uh yeah it is it's, it's dumb that mission is great for casual play terrible for every other sense uh but yeah the the like the the more most of the players that i play with also play in tournaments um but there's varying levels of like competitiveness amongst them um some of them are just like hey i just want to hang out and i want to you know play five games <laughs> Anthony is on strike until he breaks through the glass ceiling to the top right box for anybody listening to the podcast at home we generally join the chat in a certain order based on like who makes things of that which means that we often end up in similar positions and um chat in discord in uh youtube has been whinging about um us not being in the right places as usual i don't even frankly know what our normal places are other than that jeremy apparently should be this next is to the Mr. jeremy you should always be next to the mr stat that's I, I think that that's incredibly important um because of that one time that we put you at the side and it made you i wonder if i can force it no yeah it's close it's when um, we had five people because we had a guest. Yeah, and we forced and it was Jeremy like into the three on the top and two um, on the bottom. But with that said, let's move back to the topic before I derail us completely. Uh, yeah, so to make sure the gen general feelings, the, the missions are, are really fun. Teaching the core rules, very straightforward. Um, players that were playing ninth previously, um, there is a bit of an adjustment to getting used to the new universal special rules. But after like two games of playing with them they're just like oh yeah lethal hits does this sustained hits does this dev wounds is annoying but i know what it does now um so like understanding what every single um what all the rules do does co start coming very quickly um everyone was super super happy that we have just like these lovely well formatted data sheets to to, re to reference uh i think three of the six of us actually had like printed out on like note card sized cardstock uh the two sides of every single data sheet that they were playing with that day um and it just makes referencing things really handy and makes explaining things to your opponent really handy because you just hand them to them and say here this is what i do yeah i broadly have enjoyed having the index cards they definitely do help i'm looking forward to them being inaccurate very quickly uh, oh 100 you know <laughs> especially since gw themselves has even said that the digital ones will be regularly updated and i'm like yeah so those printed ones 
hope you brought yeah. white out. Print, print your own is probably the best advice. I definitely saw, I saw somebody who had like gone to like I think he said it was like Walgreens or something like that in the US and just printed them out on like Photostock, like Photostock, um, which looked a lot better uh, and looked reasonably reasonably easy to do. So yeah, I can definitely see it being done. Like just you know, if you're going to a big tournament, uh, print them out. If you're going to do like a local GT, you'll probably get away with your phone. But if you're going to a, like a if everybody's ever been to like a super major, you can probably know it's a pain in the backside to charge your phone in an event. Have paper copies of your data sheets at least. It will make your life a lot easier. Yeah, and one of the other things that also came up when we were going through that, because uh, you mentioned the Walgreens thing, printing them at like a, a Staples or like an office supply store is actually fairly expensive. But the like Walgreens or Photo or however you, wherever you people print digital photos, I haven't know, I haven't printed them in a decade. Um, wherever you get that done, they're apparently like ten cents a page. So doing the the indexes that way is actually very cheap. It's not bad. Yeah, printers at GTs. Yeah, that would <laughs> could probably make a killing doing that. Give me your USB drive with your with your army on it, or just tell uh, me what army. Tell me the ten data sheets you have, and I'll print them out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's been quite a few people in the community, uh, and you can see them in our Discord under the tenth ed resources, and a few other people that I've also been seeing that have been reorganizing and reformatting the index cards to make them even more handy and more useful. Um, so something like that would actually be handy for a TO to just have on a tablet. Yeah, there's also I think it's like EU data, like datacards.eu or something like that. Uh, I'll see if I can find yes. it in a quick second. I'll meet up and pop a book on the website. Um, but there's a website that's like uploaded digital copies of all of them already that you can search through stuff like that, which is super helpful yep. as well. Yeah, some people have started to put out OCR and bookmarked ones, so mm -hmm. like they're a lot easier to get through and to read. All right, Ben J has said. 10 cent as in one zero c-e-n-t discount code at walgreens and oh sorry at cvs uh but yeah anthony where are we at uh i had a weekend um a bunch of the like local team that i came up with came by to practice on saturday um by the end of it all seven of us had either quit till data slate or outside of wtc obligations within four games um so that was cool that was very exciting um and then oh i played one game friday with tj and we decided that demons are like completely unviable um if you're on a wtc team you didn't hear that and good luck with your demon list um and uh or maybe it's maybe the army they played against is just super broken but um 140 and oh between played and watched games into demons score in team settings so eventually they'll put up a team's point somewhere i'm sure no, look, I don't know I, i'm fully with you on this one i think tim said it best in the in our backstage discord uh where he was like yeah i feel like i'm gaslighting myself every time i look at demons because they seem great and then i put them on the table and they suck they and just don't do anything they just don't do anything i think personally just to quickly tangent on it it's because they didn't actually go up in toughness relative to everything else like I mean, everything else got better saves and demons just didn't so they just feel way more fragile well in some instances they like lost saves and their toughness is worse because they're no longer phase capped or three up involved and stuff they just don't seem very good but 100%. maybe uh maybe matt marasoli will dig some shit out of the demon mines oh, yeah i'm sure there'll be some great demons players out there and some teams will take them uh, yeah. i'm sure they'll scam some shooting armies that didn't consider playing into demons but i ain't gonna be me <laughs> yeah Unless so, you're Team um, England, in which case, definitely take Demons, 100%. I want to see Nas on Demons. Yeah, that sounds perfect, like an excellent use of that player, because he'll definitely convince himself they're awesome. Um, so, yeah, um, 
that was Saturday, and then I spent all of Saturday night and Sunday that I was planning to spend playing 10th, playing Diablo. So that part was dope. Shout out Diablo, to great. Hammer, shout out to Hammer the Ancient's Barbarian. Um, and then like while I was like halfway through playing, they put out this like really dope like fireside commentary where they like went through all the mistakes that they've made in making Diablo and then like admitted to all of them and told you what they were gonna do to fix all of them. So that part was pretty cool and a completely alien experience relative to this game. Um, and between now and then, I have played a bunch of practice games of a edition I don't really care about. So that's that was my weekend. <laughs> Jesus. Everything but the 40k <laughs> was dope. Yeah. How about you, Ines? One, one second, if someone could talk for a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, I can ramble some more. Uh, I looked into acquiring the rest of my Age of Sigmar list, so that was cool. Um, a Scarbrand showed up at my house. That was sweet. He's painted and primed already, so he's over there. Um, so that's a huge portion of like every Sigmar list I'd play, so maybe I can do that instead. Yeah, but you already missed Sigmar Worlds. What'd you say? You already missed Sigmar Worlds. Yeah, he'd make Team America like instantly. So yeah, on accident. So I think it'd be all right. <laughs> you and Jack just going to retire to Sigmar. It'll be fun. Nobody will yes. love about that. But it'll be good. It'll be good. Cool. Um, sorry, I got distracted by a message that was vaguely important. Um, as for myself, I have played a ton of Warhammer, uh, which is unusual for me because I actually usually don't play a lot in one burst unless I'm in a tournament. But I committed hard. I did two practice weekends or two days, two practice, four practice days. I uh, got four games in and three games in, and then I've played a bunch of TTS on top of that. Uh, and generally getting a good feel for the edition now. Um, starting to have strong opinions on like which mission, which missions I like and things like that. Um, enjoying the tactical cards that are generally fairly dynamic. A little easy to score, but I, I wonder how much of that is coming down to um, partly me having experience with card with card systems and a lot of my opponents not, having come from being basically pure ninth edition players. Uh, although I know Brian is playing them easy as well, but Brian's also just really good at the game. So he's also played magic and stuff, right? So he's used to like the yeah, and the he's round. doing the whole playing Wraith Knights. So you know, I don't know yeah. how much his his experiences are universal. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are for can... all Eldar players because their experiences must all be the same because like they literally pick what happens. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a whole bunch of people on Reddit complaining about their Eldar armies not doing damage, and I think that there are some people who are just allergic to sixes. I think um, you could give those people a fate adjusted two up to win the game and they would still lose well are they custodies players yeah i shouldn't rag on custodies players right now they're quite good and i don't want to get hurt by them yeah having played a game of custodies oh boy i don't want to get jumped by a custodies player fighting first so i'm going to avoid the flagging custodies players off right now but broadly i've had i would say 50 percent of my games have ended on turn one or two and 50 percent of my games have been like utter slogs through to the end like taking blows out of each other, winning them, losing them. Um, and that's been about half my games. And mostly those have not involved, have either only involved two of the best armies or have not involved any of the best armies. So like Death Watch versus Gene Circles was a super interesting game where we both had tons of stuff left alive at the end, running on fumes, super close game. Um, Tyranids versus Thousand Suns. I got my ass beat, but I was in the game the entire time. And so there was there's definitely been some like moments of, I can see how this ends up being Fairly fun, fairly playable, decent skill. And then sometimes I go, so I fire 12 obliterators with outline of shooting and table the night army on turn two. Um, and he had no recourse. So, you know, there's problems here. Like, I think I don't think anybody is at the point of denying that now. Um, I know there's definitely been a lot of, hey, we can wait a little bit. 
we're not playing the game yet and it's easy to sit back and say we don't have the full picture yet and we in some senses still don't um but i think that's just like at this point not an excuse um forge rules aren't going to fix this neither is a gt pack like the gt pack could the gt pack might, would have to say something like devastating wounds and powering are crusade only and i would maybe start looking and being like cool nathan <laughs> will have a great it. time <laughs> yeah maybe indirect too like all of those are crusade rules yeah. indirect is actually like, minus one plus the skill minus one to hit and you get plus one save and cover and then we'll start talking you know oh jesus uh, <laughs> just you, you've got both both indirect penalties and you can't ignore the first one right and then we'll be like cool and plunging fire like no ruin is legally allowed to be more than six inches more than five inches tall right and we'll start talking <laughs> but as it stands broadly from what i've experienced when you play two medium or pretty crap armies with two players with roughly le roughly level skill level 10th edition is still warhammer at its core you are still playing warhammer now there are things that are weaker melee is so much worse than it was in 9th edition um which is hilarious because you know how much weaker in 9th edition melee was than in 8th edition it's ungodly how much worse it was and they made it worse again um i've been speaking to some people and i was like yeah so the thing that you're feeling now when you went from like all the ninth mechanics like wrapping and you know, pilot like the the level that they moved eighth down to ninth, like in terms of like melee ability, is about the same. It just feels even worse because you're losing like the scraps that were still there from the edition system, which has definitely resulted in it feeling like a lot of people were just saying like F it, I'll just shoot people now, which is definitely how I know a lot of melee focused players in eighth edition felt when the transition to ninth happened. So fully understand how everybody's feeling there. And it is it's a feels bad. I think the system is I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, if you look for the edge cases, they're so easy to find. But if you're playing casually, you can just kind of, like, you can mostly skate through just playing the melee changes if you're not really focused on it. If you want to look for the edge cases, they're so easy to find and so easy to abuse and such a problem in terms of game flow and, like, combat state that it's just feels like it fundamentally failed as a design choice and just needs backtracking in some sense. And I don't know where you do that. Like, I don't know how you, how you make these things that have just so fundamentally missed the point of what they were trying to do actually do the job but with that said um it's still really funny charging things with single models that don't have to worry about any of that shit because you just base them and then you go this is the lion and now you are gone um and that's <laughs> been fun i still like hitting things with the lion and abaddon that's about as far as i've gotten with melee this edition uh everything else utterly sucks punching things with chaos terminators and wounding on fives is not pleasant i do not like this uh, <clears throat> yeah how has battleshock felt in your test game so far oh, well, I played two games of... battle what so <laughs> i have played two whole games of tyranids i would like to guess how many units battle shocked in those two combined games Four, even that i have one. an army mechanic to make everything take a battle shock test one two and one of them paid a cp and ignored it <laughs> uh like it was just the native one like it wasn't oh. shadow in the war they just failed one of the battle shock tests and we're like i'll just hold this C i'll just hold this for a cp I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, That's been my experience with Battleshock as well. Um, although there was, so there's Battleshock and then there's leadership tests. And let me tell you, in a recent game where I was playing into CSM, the number of dark pack tests that that person failed and took mortals on was hilarious. I felt I, bad for him by the end of the game because I think he lost three or four Terminators to failed dark pack tests. 
Yeah, my game against Chaos Knights, I failed six Dark Pacts in the first two turns, all of them on exactly my leadership value, and I failed by <laughs> one because of the minus one reduction. I rolled four sixes and two fives on the six leadership oh. tests I had to take. <laughs> Just like, well, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> Although I suppose on Abaddon Squad, you're hoping to fail one and take three mortal wounds, so you can re resurrect just one of the resurrect the guy at the front. It's very fun, but um, but yeah, I don't know. There's definitely a game under here that I will enjoy in time, and I'm like at the end of the day, I am unlike a lot of people still having fun with tenth edition, even in the stupid games, because I am broadly addicted to Warhammer. That's probably probably the same way. Yeah, and let's be willing, honest. Willing to overlook a lot in the service of moving around toy soldiers. Um, I've been I'm, doing this since I was 11 years old. Uh, I don't really know how to do anything else anymore, so I feel like I kind of <laughs> have to like 10th edition. Um, so yeah, take, we'll take find my a thing way to make it fun. I'm sure, as Anthony has been doing for the past three years, uh, or for the past three months, sorry, um, get over yourself a little bit. The game is a bit shit. Yeah, I, I will not disagree that the game is a bit shit. Uh, but at the same time, like, I'm building a sister's army right now after having seen their index. Why? To a certain extent, you have because to plan... I'm a, because I'm a masochist. Like, like, even I'm not I'm not into my Death Guard army, Nick, Jeremy. Like, come on, man. You got it. <laughs> suppose everybody deals with this in your own way. You're just hoping there's going to be a Bloody Rose detachment in the Codex. They, a lot of people always... but that. A lot of people do tell you to collect armies if you like modeling, though, because you're going to be spending a lot of time painting models regardless of the situation. So you might as well, if you're not enjoying the gaming side of it, if you still enjoy the hobby side of it, that's okay. And sometimes the gaming side of it will catch up eventually. And that's why Anthony's having such a crap time, because Anthony doesn't engage with the hobby side even a little bit, right? Like, it's Correct. just straight wash your hands. So yeah. understandably, without that, you know, you don't have the extra level of it, which under like for reasons of your own, which nobody criticizes. But it definitely does affect your level of engagement in the general sense right like you're not having to paint models for a list anyway or anything yeah like that. and the game is bad it's just like oh all right <laughs> does does make me a little bit more intensely like nervous about going to to ottawa and but a wall in july i mean <laughs> buddy, you're, just, you're gonna go and hang out with friends like. don't worry about it that's what i'm going to do regardless of the situation yeah yeah i mean i'll have fun no matter what the 40k we'll, part maybe we'll make shit. sure that the event is as good as it can be with the rules that we have and then maybe we can all just take a nose out of Alpine Cup and we can play the Alpine Cup format where every like just don't have devastating wounds. I don't I don't know what Brian's trying to say. I do paint a lot of models. I have like six thousand points of painted models. I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. <laughs> I don't know. Brian's a bit of a twat. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, Nathan. Okay, I'll just pull out the three fully painted armies from somewhere over here. Definitely, <laughs> Nathan, you are speaking for yourself. I, th I think Brian was giving me shit. Like he was saying, oh, like, speak okay. for yourself, because like Anthony's not going to do that. Yeah. I know. That's fair. I'm cool. not sure. I just was like, read it and I was like, what? So, yeah. Okay. Broadly, I think our feelings on. 10th edition kind of class. What I will say for anybody who's not listened to it, go and um, check out 40k Fireside, which is the podcast run by uh, David Gaylord and Vic PJ of Team Ignite. They did a I would say scathing review of the general state of the game right now and a lot of the problems with it. Um, to, to summarize, indirect, uh, vote operative, um, devastating wounds, fate dice, towering. Um, towering, the cover mechanic in general, Overwatch, um, there's more I'm missing, but like you could do a, a fairly reasonable negative play, negative play experience tier list, and hit 15 rules before you were in C tier for 10th edition. Yeah, um, which definitely definitely sucks a lot of the wind out of 4K right now, which is a shame because I want to be excited about 4K. Leviathan, the models are awesome. 
I have a ton of really cool events coming up. Like we're doing, you know, I've got uh, the Warhammer Finals. I've got San Diego. I've got obviously WTC, LGT. Like there's so much stuff to be excited about. And I still am excited for all of them because of the people that are going to be there. But I'm at this point excited in spite of the 40K, not because of the 40K. And a lot of the time, like, you know, you want to be happy going to an event for both reasons. And right now, you're not. I also know that if I look back to my Twitter, I whinged through basically the entirety of Ninth Edition. So this, this isn't new for me either. Um, but looking back, you know, maybe Archaeopter Fuselaves weren't that bad. Yeah. I would. Flyers uh... stuck. That's one nice thing. They yeah. did figure out how to make flyers bad. Which, as we've said before, if you can't be balanced, you get to be bad. If only they had figured that out for the rest. <clears throat> Give them time. In instead, land speeders get to be ninth edition flyers, right? Yeah, bombers. Where they yeah, get I mean, to be bombers I mean, and gunboats fair, at the same time. As much as I despaired about the landspeeder <laughs> tornado during the like when we were talking about it, um, that thing's ninety five points, and I actually think it's fine. Ninety five points is a lot, and yeah, it being that is an expensive unit. a couple of mortal wounds on a very fragile platform. I'm actually okay with it. If you mm -hmm. want to make it that point, giving it a rule like that feels fun. Um, yeah, it's it what, seven. Uh, yeah, it's like T seven six wounds, three up save. I like eyes wide opened when I saw it like rules because I'm like, this is seventy points right now. It's ninety five. It, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Like I said, it's always it's okay for units to be good. It's just not okay for units to be broken. Um, but yeah, with that said, what I will say for anybody who wants a little more in depth on a bunch of the stuff that came out with the indexes and points. Do go and check out on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash statcheck. Jeremy and I did a points review show, um, basically the second, like the day points shop. It is called What's the Points 10th Ed on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go check that out and we'll make sure there's a link in the description as well. Uh, it is probably the uh, the one stop because we're not going to go through a bunch of points now. Like broad level points are out of whack. There's a bunch of armies that look terrible. They all look like they're designed by different people. Uh, and I frankly don't understand some points cost choices, but. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, I don't know, man. Mana cores are kind of funny at like 105 points or whatever it is right now. And Nas is offering 199 <laughs> for helping Anthony buy a gun line. Um, Anthony, if we combine our powers together, what if it's a Baneblade gun line and we split, we split custody? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> split custody internationally for one Baneblade. Yeah, well, I mean, neither of us are going to want it, so it's going to stay in a UPS parcel somewhere. Yeah, I would, I would, it's still be more effective parenting than I got, so. Uh, oh. With that said, uh, <laughs> Broadly, I mean, come on, Anthony. What are we going to do to follow that up? I'm going to show that instead. Um, yes. No, wait, if wait, you want to see all of these incredible resources, okay, wait, there, Jeremy's go got it. something to say. I got, I got to respond to this. Yes, but Ashley, while a land speeder is more durable than a Paragon warsuit, a Paragon warsuit is also cheaper than a land suit. Land speeder. I like the land suit though. That makes I feel me like happy. You can't, ex you can't compare those two things super well. But all right, I mean, they both walk around walls exactly the same. So it's true. That's they do. True. I don't know. I like being able to get mana cores on full rerolls to hitting as anything over five models. That makes me amused endlessly until I the end of my life. All those rules are five plus instead of six plus. <laughs> it bugs me to no end. It's I don't know, bud. Blast triggering at five models is like the biggest trigger. I just I despise it so much. I wish it triggered just like from zero. Like zero gave you one extra shot, and then like five gave you two. I think I would take in. I would love that. My blast That'd be amazing. Fix is definitely plus one shot to the maximum number of shots your weapon has. So if you're blast, if you're blast. You got D three shots. Cool. Actually, two models gives you minimum two or five. I think, it give you, I think it should give you plus one shot per dude in the unit past five. <laughs> Anthony, also while you're here, the people in my local keep talking about building lists with like a hundred jackals in them. 
repeatedly yeah. with three demon princes and like a hundred jackals or cultists. It's. I think you should tell them to do it. <laughs> I think they should do it. I think anyone that thinks that's a good idea should do it. And um, you are all. Everybody who wants to play the list is required to buy all, buy and paint all the models before they put it on the table because they have to put the money where their mouth is. Uh, you're yeah. not allowed to proxy your castle army in advance. You must full commit. Take it to a tournament for your first game with it, and then let us know how it goes. We would love we to have hear a, from you. To my so. locals, there's an RGT July fifteenth. I'll I, if you want to proxy two hundred jackals with cultists or something, you can do it. I'd be fine with it. Just I, no. I mean, you're definitely cheating if you want to proxy two hundred jackals with cultists because the battling Capus Quad size is twenty. I know, but yes, Nathan, we advocate a lot of things on this show, such as you know hating Warhammer. But I don't know how many. I don't know what the maximum goal. number of jackals yeah. that go in a unit is. World we are not are a dead. World leaders are a dead faction. <laughs> yeah, temporary. Yeah, they are. That's, they that's no small part of my upsetness with tenth is the absolute violation that world leaders got going into it. So here's yeah. a question, to Anthony. If world leaders had kept the exact same codex and points. Would they be viable in tenth? No, it doesn't help that they got worse. <laughs> they would be better, but it's a little hard. I mean, they actually probably really would be really right? capped on strength at that point, right? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they actually got some pretty good strength buffs. Yeah. Well, they got pretty good strength buffs on exactly one unit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on a little bit. I'm going to do the plugs in brief because I've already mentioned the YouTube channel. So you can do go and check that out. The other main one is obviously Patreon, patreon.com slash statcheck. It's the best place you can do to support us. It allows us to do all the cool things we do, running the website, running all of the shows, all the bonus shows, paying for Nathan to come out to WTC, which is a super awesome thing that we were super proud to be able to do. Um, so yeah, that's the best place you can do to support us on all that sort of thing. Um, you for, I think it's $5 a month or your local equivalent, get access to our Patreon Discord, which has a ton of awesome competition resources from the community members and also people like Jeremy, who put a ton of work into building an army builder that I assume an absolute metric crap ton of people have used because I see screenshots from it literally everywhere. Um, so thank you to Jeremy and everybody else in the Discord to support with that. Uh, so yeah, that's the best place you can support us, and we really appreciate everybody who can be there. If that's not something you're in a position to do right now, we do really appreciate anybody who just helps us out on the social side of things. So that's all the things like liking and commenting on the videos. Um, oh, I should really check the Wraith. I'll over. I'll we'll take a quick break at some point, and I'll check uh, to see who got the um, D cannons price question right because I didn't do that in advance. Um, but thank <laughs> you to everybody who left a comment last week. And the the one for this week, it was something to do with the WTC and me putting thirty seven bases in my mouth. But I'm just not going to follow up on that and hope that nobody challenges me <laughs> at any point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, because... if you join the Patreon Discord, you can join our tenth edition tournament that Innis is starting. So the tenth edition tournament will be potted and then go into a knockout yeah, so round. So we are, afterwards. yeah. So Patreon Discord, yeah, the, that's another thing. We are running the next in incarnation of the Vibe Check League. In this sense, it is a sign up, and you will get assigned three opponents to play over the next month or so. Uh, so ending at the end of July, and then the top players from that will go into a bracket to try and win the tournament. We figured that we would do it a bit more free flow rather than having list submissions, given that we are hoping that the game will be in an immense state of flux right now. And I didn't want to deal with list submissions in my DMs all the time because that's Nathan's job. You should definitely get Nathan's DMs with your list submission. Uh, yeah, even if we don't people have can, you should just send him it anyway. You can send me lists. I will even look at them and even talk to you about them. I don't really care. Whatever. That's fair. Um, I'm, finally, not, I'm not the good person to do that kind of work with, though. A couple, a couple last things to shout out before we move on to the questions. 
obviously we have a bunch of other shows on the network and the matrix which is doing wc coverage i think there was a recent episode of that that came out but i honestly have lost track uh, and also x and one which have recently had on chris from phoenix Wargaming. that sounds right uh, where they spoke all about um diablo mostly but also you know like becoming a better player and having life responsibilities and stuff like that um so yeah do go and check that out chris was the judge at kansas city along with jeremy excuse me um and had some really great opinions on the general state of everything up to and including how terrible sisters look finally myself and typhus do offer coaching do check us out at coaching uh send us an email at coaching at stat-tech.com or check out stat-tech.com coaching uh for any information if you're looking to get better at 10th edition especially for once we move on from this hell meta and we actually start playing the game with some level of skill again uh because we would love to help you out please do check it out with that said let's move on to show questions i don't have them open so this is going to be a weird offer pause uh but i'm actually going to go and look up to see who got the break can i already the, have the kind of question right so jeremy can get started on questions also Ennis, i already have the points for you the three people that got it you're so much better organized than i am you were doing the plugs i was looking through the comments <laughs> fair enough who's got it all right, so there were three people that got the points right, two people that actually got the per model, all three of them got the per model right, but one person got it wrong because they said the decants could be taken in units of three. And who was the first? Let's go with that. Uh, so the first would be, actually, I don't actually know what order YouTube puts these things in. I'm assuming that they do them in I think it's the, bottom to top, yeah. I pretty, I'm pretty. i assuming it's bottom to top, in which case, Evader110, uh, I believe he's Ethan... Yeah, Evan. Ethan in Discord, he's been doing a bunch of work on the um, list builder. So. Yes, he has. So he was the first one to get it uh, at 85 points. Uh, and then you had uh, that one guy, who I believe is John in the Discord. Yeah, that's uh, John is at that, is that one guy. Uh, so he got he got it as well. And Neil Kigali, who I actually don't know who that is in the Discord, but I'm assuming... Or if he's even in the Discord, there. to be fair. People are just on the YouTube channel occasionally. That's Brian. This is fair. Pardon? Anyway, awesome. Congratulations to you. Dude. That's Three. Bryant from the Discord. Oh, awesome. Perfect. And um, massive. And to anybody who said it was less than 85, uh, a pox upon your houses. Um. <laughs> Many people did say less than 85, but they also said because of GW. So. Yeah, of course. But why would they you recognize manifest the that energy? Why would you manifest that energy into the world? Don't say things like that. I hope Eldar gets buffed in the changes. Stop that. Anthony, why do you... <laughs> Why Monkey are you girls? Actually, no, it's because Anthony's an Eldar player. That's why. Mm. Anthony, you, the way you are, the way you choose to be infuriates me. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, the first question from the show questions kind of goes along with that. It just says, what the hell? Um, <laughs> and that's from J Jake B. In the buddy, Discord. we don't know. We don't know, friends. This is one thing we're allowed to still not know is what the hell. <laughs> well, that that channel got changed to We Know or something and like that. And then they got archives that we will and never then, know again. And then I archived it and put it to private, so <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows what we know, including people who know what we don't know. I'm sure everybody watching the show who is in the Discord will get that joke and will find it equally as equally funny as everybody who is in the Discord. Um, Somebody will remember politics just, from the nineties or two thousands. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and it's just trying to quote the office. No, Luke, I've never seen the office. Preston asks, should I reach for that Wraith Knight? How much do you value your win rate versus your maternal versus your material friendships? 
<laughs> also, how long will it take for you to get that Wraith Knight battle ready? Yeah. Because I have a feeling that's not going to last. After GW's lightning fast response to the Death Watch stuff, maybe some of this stuff that we are complaining about now is not long. Also, you know we're not coming through. I really hope so. I thought he, or is he not speaking, or is he just whinging? Like, yeah, I think he muted. There we go. <laughs> um, I would, I would bet decent money that Wraith Knight doesn't see the second week of July. It'd be really nice if it could make, if it would not make the first week of July, just to make sure it said WT got off. But you know, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but I'm also hoping Forge World just doesn't drop till Monday, and we can just not have to read them. Uh, every day it gets closer to like me being happy for the first time in months. So. Especially since Warhammer Community has has been very cagey about when it's coming out, because they said sometime in the next few weeks last week, and then this week, whenever someone's asking about it, their response has been, "We don't know." We'll let you know when you have a day. I hope it comes out on Friday. Oh, just Anthony, stop it. So close, Anthony. How can you be so? How do you have such negative energy, man? Why do you want to be like this? <laughs> this is really funny because usually Innis does have negative energy. Yeah, I know it's really bugging me. I would like to be the negative. One. It's very unsettling. I'm, I'm sitting here like, should we just switch them on the screen? I, I love forcing Innis to be positive. It's very funny to me. It hurts me so much. <laughs> uh, on that note. Any t tips for keeping a game positive, especially versus a custodies player who is losing? Oh no, that seems them. very that seems very specific. Tell them that when the custodians <laughs> died, you fucking cut off their top knot. <laughs> oh, dang, you erase their names from the wall. Yeah, you just scrub them out of their armor. <laughs> you take the, the brass you. nameplate. <laughs> take the brass nameplates off it's of like, them it's and like throw them. Man, they just lose a from their name every time yeah, yeah. like their name's like jeremy you start referring to them as like jerem by mid game yeah 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 you, think you can break them it's like when you kill eldar you go around punching all their soul stones no you just just tell them that valdor would be disappointed you just bring like a thing of mini eggs to eat in front of an eldar player like this is a soul stone pop it in your job. yeah exactly <laughs> hell yeah i'm there for that Anything you could do to make players suffer while they're losing it, more is uh, definitely a thing you should do. Statue against the Statue officially accepts this position and recommends that you do everything you can to rub it into your opponent when you're beating them, regardless of circumstance or whether they're not a child. <laughs> this is not an official stat check position. <laughs> Only so, if you play Cathodes. Or Crusade. <laughs> right. That's what Innis does. I mean, what uh, Nathan does in Crusade, I have to assume. And just like literally yeah. like removing their limbs to replace with metal arms as he beats them to death. Yeah. <laughs> 3D printed those limbs. Might In all seriousness, staying positive when your opponent is tilting can be very difficult because you often start to wonder, am I the problem? Did I do this to them? Was there something like, about the way yes, they did it? Every time. And the reality is sometimes, yes, it is. And sometimes there is absolutely nothing wrong that you did. You were just playing the game. You were being friendly. I watched... Um, uh, at, a, at an event I was judging, I watched the most friendly player possible be at complete odds because his opponent had tilted off the face of the earth from like the go first roll. It's, and your, he... it's your fault. Your your opponent and his army are getting divorced. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was very much a like, dude. Like he's doing everything nice to you. He's helping you with rules. He's 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 shutting up about when dice rolls go bad. He's you know, just being nice to you and what you, should you are do being an in that idiot. situation is every time they roll slightly well, like they pass two out of four four ups, complain about their dice. 
like oh. while you're winning, just just start <laughs> rubbing in again. Just go straight it. for the jug. Innis, Innis, you don't have to try to violently take the being negative position away from Anthony. <laughs> you don't have to. It's not necessary. Just you can just the, just ask him what the score is at the end of every turn. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so what do you have left? <laughs> so what do you have left? <laughs> How many wounds does that have again? Is it oh, dead yet? Yeah, you got do a bunch need... of stuff in Deep Strike, right? Do we need to play ah. this out? Uh, sometimes when a game is going really negative, and if your opponent is like really sent, sometimes I will be like, hey, do you just do you want to stop? Because occasionally you have to. <laughs> I've had <laughs> no one knows. No most, one does know. The most seen I have ever been. I, I no longer play League of Legends, but I am still a League of Legends player. He can't play League of Legends anymore because he was so mean that even he got banned. Yeah. Uh, next question is from James, and this is really just for Ines, I think. How have you found balancing what was once your hobby with what is now the main way you earn a living? And what do you now do as a means of mental care away from the game? <clears throat> What's away? What's away from 4K? No, um, generally, I, I don't do a ton outside of, like, Warhammer. Um, like, you know, watch films, you know, hang with your family, read, read a book, uh, walk the dog, you know, like, the standard, like, be alive stuff. Um, but I broadly, the coaching stuff is very disassociated from actually playing 4K for me. I very much view them as separate things. Uh, I spent a lot, obviously, spent a lot of time talking about 4K for, you know, like, being involved in Team Scotland and this. Um... But the, the coaching side of things definitely feels a lot more focused and targeted. Like, I'm not, you know, you don't act the same way you are when you're in a professional environment as when you are with, um, like, in this situation or playing a game with a friend. Um, so, I don't know. It's felt pretty easy so far to keep them separated. Obviously, if that changes, then it'll change. Um, but so far, it's been all right. I don't, um, I don't enjoy playing 4K any less for doing the coaching. And obviously, that helps feedback into doing the coaching. I don't know how you find it, Anthony. Um, I don't like it's different because it's not the the primary method, right? You still do it, right? So yeah, it's still yeah. working fun, right? So I just meant that like it's a bit different because it has been a wonderful break from tenth. Um, so uh, God bless backup checking. Woo, my new true hobby. Um, <laughs> the good part of my day is from six to three, not three to ten. Um, so. <laughs> The it depends. Like I really enjoy helping people uh like learn and find new ways to be good at things, right? That's like part of why I do IT, because helping people resolve a problem is fun, and then you can in 40k teach them to resolve their own problems or like teach them problem solving skills. Um but I don't know. I haven't really been doing much coaching lately. Like the end of ninth was like eh. And right now, the like best coaching advice you could give someone is buy Wraith Knights. So it's like kind of hard to manage that space until we have like a more rounded expectation of what it is. Like, it's I don't even know how I would do singles coaching right now. Like the game is so fucked as to not resemble a game for singles that like it doesn't seem sensible. Like I don't know that I could give them like meaningful positive advice because my own interaction with the game is so negative. So I'm kind of just like hang out for a little bit, just be cool. Just relax. It'll be fine. It'll all blow over in a little bit. Maybe they'll realize that they've murdered the tactical nuance of their game and fix some stuff. But for now, I think the mix has been good because it's been mostly enjoyable, right? Coaching, for the most part, is like get paid to do a cool thing with a nice person. 
that's not so bad. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely can feel a lot like just having a like doing the thing you would enjoy doing anyway, which is talking about Warhammer. Right. Obviously, you end up a lot more focused and targeted, but yeah. you're still talking Warhammer, right? So it's it's never. It's still work. Like obviously, it feels like work in a very yeah. different sense. But it's so distance for me. It's very not the same as playing Warhammer or even like talking about Warhammer recreationally. It just sounds different. Um, yeah, so I'd no, be, it's, it's been all right. I'd be super game with doing it full time if there wasn't like a sales aspect to it. I like much prefer my like nine to five, like clock in, hit the thing, leave aspect of my like day job. And you can't really do that with that. That's not, like, not really a side of the, not a side of the world I ever thought I would end up being involved in. Is the like, right being a self like trying to sell yourself it's not something i'm super comfortable with it's definitely something i'm still working on but it's yeah it's definitely interesting because i was terrible at phone sales so right right let's move on all right next this is question a slightly lighter question yeah yeah will has a lighter question which is would you rather give up stone fruits that's like peaches mangoes and stuff like that or eggs for life Oh boy, what the stone fuck? fruits every time. Eggs are incredible. Eggs are the best. I, mm, I would rather give up stone fruits. Eggs are in so many things. There's like so much stuff with eggs in it. You just get hard scammed into picking stone fruits in this one because you can't yeah. like eggs is like everywhere. What? Yeah, like <laughs> it's like bread, milk, eggs, like the foundational pillars of all food. Like without those three, <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> Being vegan is difficult, that's true. Yeah. That answers that lighter question. How many Imperial factions... Or McWerp is asking this question. Is how many Imperial factions can Canis Rex carry all by himself? I don't None think he probably... Himself. Yeah. Not even that good. I mean, he's great in Knights, but past that, he's not super great. Yeah. He's just not as cool when you don't have, like, Knight Strats and stuff. Don't worry about it. You have Tank Shock. That's like a Knight Strat. You can, so you tank, can shock tank Shock twice. It's actually not bad. He does roll 20 dice on Tank Shock. Uh, he's strength 20 he's strength 20 so you get 22 dice yeah 22 dice yeah still not as good as breaking through (laughs) i mean it's like it's kind of hard to be it's gonna be like six mortal wounds no matter what basically right um i described stone fruits (laughs) for the audience actually because i wanted to make sure that everybody was on the same page for (laughs) what stone fruits are I'm also very glad that Bryant is in here defending me as a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I objectively I think it's incorrect. I think Hussein, <laughs> the eyes glow fucking red and he just rips those people in half. I think it's horrible. I think he gets in there and he's like, nice bitch. And he's like erasing their lore out of their notebook because he kills his dudes. Aww. Like just, just no, fucking no. their day up. Only Nathan when they rolled the one on the out of action, action tests. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Nathan plays for keeps. He just cuts your mortal's heads off with clippers and puts it on his contemptor's base. Yeah, that's I right. I did, after a game, on that note, an opponent offered to give me an armager head after Drizar killed, like, six of his armagers across a game when Drizar and, like, that witch list was at peak. He basically dueled two knights, at the, two armagers at the same time and killed both of them. And my opponent was like, can I just, like, mail you an armager head? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so, Anthony, did you ever put uh, Custody's head on Drazor's base? Uh, the so I did not, but if Dan, who will probably listen to this at some point, wants to put that on the one he's doing for me, I wouldn't be mad about it. 
Right. That would be a funny way to tilt Hydar when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best, though. I'm going to miss the days where Drizar could kill himself like his own weight in freaking models across the course of a game. I miss when he killed literally anything. I miss when he was worth taking. How's that? He doesn't have to kill his own models worth of weight. Just be worth using. Yeah, the Drukhari rules are made me quite sad, actually, when I first looked at them, because it's basically just Dark Lance the book. <laughs> Apparently that, like, from what I am told, that's like how Dark Eldar used to work in the olden times. Yep. Then they decided, they decided they decided that they were, in fact, actually a melee faction, and then they were like, no, nah, never mind, we can't do that. And just yeah, open, the 8th you know, edition book is the Aberration. It was just you that was weird. <laughs> the 8th yeah. edition book that was fun to play was the Aberration. The ninth edition... Uh, I don't know. I to play what are you on about no he meant yeah. ninth and the tenth edition. i just yeah. i said them backwards was, that's okay was um, for a second there. but like witches and lilith made me kind of sad about how expensive that unit is to run and because like lilith is necessary it feels like to make that unit actually work properly well yeah she's the a bunch entire of... unit's output so. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean she also makes the unit like strength four which is like actually reasonably decent for wounding i guess infantry but not great no it's not good anthony i'm really stretching the idea of good <sighs> but moving on from drukari making me depressed um will asks serious question have you thought about using the partnership with wtc to gather any data you would you wouldn't be able to gather otherwise for example getting people to record how long is left on the clock at the end of the game to see how long games are across the tournament i'm gonna say right now that's never gonna happen um we are thinking about different data to gather from WTC because I'm going to be doing live stats analysis. It's probably not going to be physical data that we would but it's probably walk around tables for. We're actually going to do some walking around the tables. We There's should definitely check some... whether people on average stand on like, like if you've got your longboard edge, do you usually stand to the left or the middle? Like on the, the, the do you stand on the shortboard edge or the longboard edge? I would like to know what player stats for that are. I'm extremely <laughs> tempted they're, they're to... all open tables. Like what are people going to, what are people going to default to? What if your deployment zone is hammer and anvil? Do you still stand on the short on the long edge? Who knows, right? Like now that I see this, though, I'm extremely tempted to do like a step tracker for every team and see which team walks the most across the totality of well, the event. Mine is definitely going to average the lowest, just because I think that's... Brian might get an Uber from one end of the hall to the other. But that's okay. Wait, you mean he I hasn't mean invested fair. in the Heelys? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> somebody somebody keeps suggesting Healy's and I think they just want to watch an old man break a leg while healing across the floor. A, li a little bit, yeah, actually. I mean, it's not great. We make it's not good. We get Statue brand Healy's and force Nathan to wear them for the entire weekend. I will wear Statue Healy's one day if you figure out a way to get custom Healy's for me to wear at WTC. So I'm also going to expand a little bit more on Will's question with regards to the time left in the round. WTC players will just use the entire round if they, if they mm -hmm. can. They, like, you have a four and a half hour round. You will come by with an hour left in the game. They'll be like, yeah, we're on battle round three. Don't worry. We'll finish. Yeah. I'm more interested in getting some individual statistics and oh, stuff like that. Like we're going to look at performance stats. We have like a bunch of cool stuff planned. I'm working uh, with contact loss to get some OBS stuff and some other things put together because we're going to do a fancier layout and things. So we got some some wheels turn in. I'm even going to try to do something with contact loss this week on Thursday, which I think will be done. Will be presented. Best I can do is Minecraft Healy's, Nathan. Why was that? Sure. If you buy the Healy's and bring them, I'll wear them. Whatever. I don't care. I'll wear them a day. I'll probably die, but you can you can live with that on your conscience, probably. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, a little electric <laughs> scooter might work. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't choose to not be the negative person this far into the podcast. It is. <laughs> all right, let's um, move on. Let's move right. on swiftly. Nick K's question is less of a question and more of an RE 10th dash Y. Because I'm, I was sick of explaining to people that you should occasionally consider taking banners in armies that want to play RBD. That's it. That's the entire reason. I was sick of explaining that in specific interactions, so they brought out 10th edition. So now we're just going to go to the next question. Mike, Primus Grade. Do you have any hope that the new GW app will standardize list formats and outputs in an easy-to-search manner for stats? Yes, actually. Hope or expectation? Because uh, I have a lot of hope. 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 Always a hope. <laughs> hope, yes. I think that'd uh, be great. They I would publish love... their, um, their review of it, and the review actually seemed reasonably good. I was, uh, as always, as I always feel, a little worried when I look at Araman's data sheet and it's four lines long, and it's Araman, Araman's Inferno Pistol, Araman's Black Staff, and I'm like, could just say Araman 140, and we'd all be fine with that information level, um, like, which is always my worry with these kind so of nice. like full send. Or, yeah, WC rosters are beautiful, and I love them. Not just because mm -hmm. I have right the list format. Uh, uh, ben asks, how many Wraith Knights is the correct number of Wraith Knights? One, two, is the answer different for singles versus teams? It's three. I think the answer is three. It's three or zero. Like, don't play one. You're just asking to get scammed and lose your Wraith Knight for no reason. Play three, punish people for trying to kill your Wraith Knights. Anthony, don't interact. It's fine. <laughs> He's also You're muted. muted. You're <laughs> muted. I know he is. I want to make him squirm. I, I, you can't. Oh, Do I not can't run none if that's an option. <laughs> run at least one. <laughs> Just play three. Yeah, uh, Sebastian does raise a good point. Just wait for the Skadak Wraith Knight. The one so with the Skadak Wraith Knights actually come in units and get attached to as per the Wraith, the Wraith Lord day sheet. So they, you can bring one back with the Spirit Sphere every turn. Yeah. Um, and the Overwatch is a squad of three, and they can Overwatch as many targets as they like. Mm-hmm. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they're just gone, like just not in the book. Um, I hope they're 100 points. Anthony, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um, John asks, that one guy, John, asks, so are we back to a horde meta for Gene Steeler Cole? Yes. If we ever leave it? shitting back to a melee meta. It's, that was uh... a lot of people just saying yes, so I'm just going to move on to the next question. Why does whoever wrote the Imperial Guard Index have a have a raging boner for indirect fire? Because that's I actually looked at that book and I was like, man, none of the non-artillery things feel super viable in this. And I was like, I guess it's back the to the you sure kind of well, I saw them coming back. <laughs> you yeah, I was like, you can definitely it's sentinels and then artillery, and the two work together well. So it's just sentinels and artillery. Um yeah, no yeah. idea. I think people just, I think indirect is just pretty good. It's super um, boring. I'm not and then the follow-up question is, do you see a viable X1 tier guard build that isn't here's three mana cores, three basses, three mortar squads? Yeah, you swap out the mortar squads for field ordnance batteries? Yes. Um, that's, I don't know, and maybe wait to see if like anything else is good that's indirect fire as well. Who, who knows at this point? Uh, Ethan asks, have the tactical deck, has the tactical deck been fun to play? 100%. Yeah, I enjoy it. But I also really enjoyed um, the ETC format in 8th. Me too. <laughs> then he says, was it all right that I updated the list tool? <laughs> I didn't want yes. to cross any lines. Yes. yes. Uh, I So I, I will say right now, I did not expect this thing to explode the way that it did. But when I 
wrote it, it was so me and my friends could write lists quickly. And then I realized no one else had anything that they could write lists in because everyone was just writing them on paper or Excel. So I said, here, go. And since then, I have learned that Warhammer player. No, actually, no, I didn't even learn. It has been reconfirmed to me again that Warhammer players can't read because I put a big thing that says, if you want to use this, make a copy. And this is how you make a copy. And every single day I get somewhere between 20 and 50 requests to edit the sheet and by the way you can't turn that off i actually yesterday spent about 20 minutes on google trying to figure out if i could turn that off so my inbox would stop being spammed instead i just ended up creating an inbox the mistake you made was not having it go to you mistake you made was not doing it through a dummy email um the next question is worst primary missions or mission rules uh servo skull (laughs) why is servo skull so bad though so imagine this Actually, I I talked about it at the beginning of the show, but imagine you make an objective sticky and your opponent can never get on that objective. That objective at the end of every single player turn moves six inches in whatever direction you want it to go. For the rest of the game. Sounds fun. Uh, Or you can just do the thing where like, you go first, you jump onto it, move it six inches back towards you and average your opponent and then immediately punt it 12 inches directly towards the deployment zone and then they never get to move it again. Uh, It's very... It's not a great mission. I think it's by far... uh, the scoring the side of it is interesting because you only score primary for objectives that are on the other side of the table from you, so it encourages a table flip, but at the same time, realistically, it ends up being the most coin-flippy mission possible because as soon as you get an advantage, you just run away with it because if you're able to get three objectives in your opponent's deployment zone, you max primary in two turns. Yeah, and then the the worst mission rule is the Dawn of War card uh, because Dawn of War is a <laughs> still exists. Deployment. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the actual um, the scrambler fields one is by far my least favorite. The you can't deep trick into no man's land. You can't infiltrate. You can't deep trick on objectives. I don't like that one very much. I think it's very yeah. Not being able to deep strike on objectives was definitely a choice. Everything else I'd be okay with because we played abandoned sanctuaries for all of last edition and it was You'd say not okay with. Great. I would re- I would respect that it existed <clears throat> and respectfully disagree that it should be used in events. Um, it's fine. Every event is I'm just going to use Killing Rain for their mission rule every single round because I boring. think that's really boring because I think there's some that are okay. Um, some that are interesting. Like the draw three, discard one for tactical objectives is completely Or just fine. draw three, play three because that way also yeah, if you play fixed, you get a card every single turn. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind the, if you hold your home objective, you get a CP on a four plus. It's fine in some of the more interesting missions. Like there are some that are okay. I don't yeah. think there's any particular need to not play them. Dawn of War, Scrambler Fields together. So banded sanctuaries all over again. Oh, and um, the the I really like the add extra objectives one. The the one that sometimes just makes it six, six objectives. I think that one's completely fine. It makes for some really weird looking tables. Yeah, I think you kind of have to fix which direction they go if it's there's not a fixed direction. Uh, and there's some of the points it just doesn't really like if you play that on the um the one where there's like three objectives across the middle line and you play like the tear down the icons deployment, it gets real messy. Those objectives are really close together. But mm-hmm. I definitely think it works. Same with fine. um hammer and anvil. But if you um, if you do the double up one, you can do the six objectives and player placed, and then both players place three objectives, and that one actually works pretty well as a, like a double up mission card, which I quite like as well. All right, uh, how would Innocent Anthony define what it means for someone to be coachable, and how do you think players can be more receptive to learning from better players to maximize lessons being taught? Uh, being coachable is pr- pretty straightforward. That's just a matter of like how well you take given advice and then implement it without that advice having to pass through a filter of like, 
you making a mistake and being like, I'm a failure, I'm a fuck up, and having like 19 internal things that get between like the the L and the lesson. Um, that is usually what I find trips people up the most. Because um, if like every time we go to do something and I'm like, hey, you're going to get charged here. You're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I shouldn't have done. Like if you do that at every mistake, like you're just we're not going anywhere here. But like if you're like, oh, and you like, you know, are more receptive to that lesson uh it's a lot easier to go from there i find that that's most people's biggest like trip up is that they like put a lot of like self-blame and then it's like yo just chill out it's fine you're not a failure you just fucked up now let's unfuck this up and fix it and you can kind of work from there yeah for me a lot of the like the most successful aspect of it is coming to the like the session or the coaching call or whatever you want to call it with something with like hey, this is a thing I want to focus on. Because it's easy to do all the, like, the, the, the standard like maintenance stuff where we talk about, you know, what, what are you playing at the moment? What, what are you struggling with in the list? Right? That kind of thing. Uh, what have you played this week? What have you played recently? Let's talk to some of the more interesting games, right? It's easy to do all that stuff, like sort of the maintenance level. But coming to it with like a, hey, I've been thinking about it since then, or I've played the games and this is a specific thing I want to talk about. Just bringing something active to it just gives you that like that five minutes at the end where you can really dive in on a topic with some, with it that just kind of helps elevate the whole thing to like talking about specific situations or really just um like coming to it with that like active participant the more that you put in the more you get out is really the gist of it and it's kind of consequence of what anthony's saying as well if you come into it with like, like the group the growth mindset of hey i didn't make him i made a mistake here but i'm not the mistake i made the mistake is something that happened and i moved past it it's kind of the same thing right you just got to bring the right mindset and the right energy to whatever the learning you're doing um and that's kind of the the best thing for coachability is to just the more active and engaged you are, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it, right? Um, so the people that are the most coachable are the people who are willing to put the most effort in, the ones who are sending you the game reports in between hands so you can talk about them afterwards, the ones who, you know, ask questions before before and after rather than just during the call. Those are the ones that are, like, getting the most out of it, and it's great. And not everybody wants to do that, and that's fine, but the most coachable are the people who are doing all of that effort. Because you're spending the money on it, you might as well do the most for it. The second question from James is, how much have you found that coaching has forced you to change the way you communicate slash teach, given the massive difference that people have in information processing? Um, there's not a huge change for this for me because I spent like all that time coaching martial arts. So this is kind of just like the same skill set or the same approach, just like with a different set of things. Um, I'm a lot more polite when I coach. <laughs> seems good. Generally, generally, uh, generally legit. <laughs> uh, Paul asks, uh, Alpine GT has allegedly ruled that the Wraith Knight can't use devastating wounds. How are we feeling about TOs feeling more empowered to make these kinds of calls? It is the best part of the addition being a fucking dumpster fire is that people are willing to take parts of it and be like, hey, that part really fucking sucks. We don't have to suffer just because they said we do. Look, we'll fix a small part of it. Sure, let's go. We could fork the format. Go and make our own event. Go and make our own rule set. That event doesn't get counted for anything. Stat check, balance patch. We could do it. I'm not saying we will. I'm not saying we should. We could do it. We could. Eldar would I mean, so far we've seen like every time that an event of any decent size has had something like that happen that GW, at least in recent memory, has taken notice. Yeah. So it apparently is a good way to get GW to go, oh, big events are creating their own FAQs again. Maybe there's something we need to look at. So I'm actually for it. 
Tio should feel empowered and announce it to the universe. Egg balance patch. We put mention that in the comments. If you say it 150 times, uh, James Workshop will be summoned. Um, oh my god. That doesn't sound great at all. Um, McWhirp asks a second question, which is, what do you guys think of the way GW has handled improving underperformers? It really In varies by faction. When it's Space Marines, they get buffed. When it's Death Guard, they get something, but it's never really enough. Um, it kind of designs on how... It kind of... For me, it depends on how the army is designed. If the army is a multi-dimensional army that has a lot of different ways to approach the game, they do. they tend to do fairly sweeping buffs where they're like, hey, we recognize that this isn't working. Let's make it all a little bit better. And then they'll do that, and then it'll be, you know, they'll give Space Marines some points drops, and then they'll give them armor cadet, and then they'll change Devastator Doctrine back, right? And, you know, there's steps to it. And then when you're Death Guard, they go, well, all they really do is be tanky and stand places, so let's make them better at that, and then never address any of the underlying problems with that that's not a good way to win games. So it kind of depends on where you fall in the, like, range of options available to your faction how good gw are at buffing other performers and nerfing over performers because admech all they really had was be shooty and be tanky and they were like what if we got rid of both of those and nothing new gets added and then the army languages and dumpster gear except occasionally spiking good performances off of very talented players because it can still with a couple of buffs still do that but it's all it has and you have to be very good at the package to do that so you know it very really depends Sounds like not great is the shorthand answer to that. Uh, tenth feels pretty stratified. If they just nerf the extreme overperformers, will that fix things? No. The there's foundational issues with tenth, like the proliferation of indirect and dev wounds and towering and rerolls and all of the combinations of those things. Unless you mean the extreme overperformers, like any data sheet that has any of those very common USRs then sure. But I have a sneaking suspicion that's not what this question was saying. Also, custodes are waiting like a fucking Eldritch Horror under the waves for nerfs to non-conventional damage methods to go away so they can spring out and stab you in the kidneys because holy moly is that faction good when you don't have dev like a bullshit thing to deal with them. Now, let's be fair, Anthony. Assault cannons with dev wounds aren't breaking the game. It's just like, there are some things that but are like, Assault cannons stapled to sustain hits sure. with dev wounds yeah, attached I'm, to full rerolls. I'm just saying, the mechanic itself is fucked. But there are, like, the Calamore functionally has it now in 8th edition, in 9th edition, and it's not busted, it's just strong. There are it's, yeah. there are appropriate ways to apply that keyword, they just haven't done them, right? Like, I don't think the, the foundational, like, you could have Devastating Wounds. I think it's fine on Thunderhammers. I don't think anybody's got a problem with it there. Or like Astaroth, the once per game, the Death Company, like it's I, powerful, but that's I fine. think it's only an issue because like there's there's only not an issue because there's other more batshit shit. But I think like in a vacuum, what a unit like that with oaths can do is fucking bananas. Still. Again, I think that's an oath problem, not a devastating wounds problem. Devastating wounds compounds existing problems. It doesn't, in and of itself, create problems. But I if I hand you the multiplier, and yeah, then I that's... and then I'm like, no, I'll put nothing in the game. That makes this obvious multiplier problem. Yeah. I'm just saying that you could... There are balanced versions of Devastating Wounds. They just don't exist right now. Right? Like, nobody's complaining that Gulliman's Sword has, a, has fucking Devastating Wounds when it does the sweep profile. Right? That's just not a problem. Yeah. I think part of it is that they've created ways for it to interact with, like, auto-wound mechanics in particular. That's bad. And then they've created a couple auto-six mechanics for a couple factions that are really good and have 
major like devastating wounds like mechanisms to deliver like why are wraith knights devastating wounds with 2d6 damage on their characteristic like do you need a unit that could output 12 mortal wounds like at a whim basically probably not you don't need that in the game especially on a towering <laughs> yes sorry uh but on a towering platform in particular once you start they just created a couple layered mechanics that are real bad right now and if you stripped out some of the layered mechanics, you'd probably have a better game under yeah, yeah. everything. I think you pull those four keywords and you have something approximating a game. Yeah. I guess they saw the situation. Like, I just, the more I read Towering and the more I look at Knights Armies and like other armies with Towering models that can output damage across the table because makes me so just mild, like makes me upset. I just don't get it. Why would you do this? This wasn't the solution to Knights getting shot off the table first turn. I mean, it was their solution. Yeah, I just don't understand it why it was the solution. You could have just made obscuring work for everybody or something like that. Maybe that would have been better. Yeah, they just decided to take it the wrong way. It's, yeah. yeah, it's fine. It, it does happen. Games. Yes, as was evidenced by Innes saying that all most of his games last one to two turns. Yeah. He said half. Half. Yeah. Sorry, he did say 50%. I... Turns out that when the armies are on an even keel, that you still play Warhammer. All right. Uh, does the WTC abide by the Geneva Convention? I assume so. It's not war, so no. <laughs> like, I assume if it was like a war and they needed to, I don't know. We let we let Team America attend, so collective punishment is still alive and well. So yeah. it's true. It's true. <laughs> and um... I feel like we've hammered the war crimes that would be expected to see play out on tables repeatedly already in this podcast, and we don't need to go over them again. If anybody, look. Go and find the eighth edition list document, the eighth edition index list document. You will see just as many terrible lists as we are seeing now. It is not better. It is never better. Index Hammer is always crap. It's just crap this time with more people. Um, it was not more fun when you played against three Storm Ravens and Magnus. That if it finished deploying before you, always went first unless you seized because it had four drops and you had five. It went first eighty-two percent of the time. It was not better. It was not better than now. I hundred percent promise you. There were just less eyes on it. So it'll be fine. It'll get fixed. It's just really shit. And it's going to last for how long? For however long it's going to last. And it really shit right now. And that's not to, to, to legitimize that, but it will not be this bad forever. It will. It will get better. Mm -hmm. uh, Scotch McCutcheon. Scott Scott McCutcheon asked if you had to write the most competitive list for GSC off the top of your head. What makes the two thousand points and why? So you start by counting neophytes. And you go to the maximum, and then you fill in the rest with some characters and some acolytes. And then you go, and it's cool. Uh, neophytes are really good. There you go. Basically, play a mirror cult list, but it's, you know, about as good as it was, and you have more models. Frank don't, asks... Don't run fucking bikes. Frank asks Anthony specifically, how excited are you to be a golden god this summer? Um, Custodies look really fun. They definitely, you know, see aforementioned comment about war crimes. Um, but they seem like they are a good time, which is cool. Um, it's more than I can say for most of the other factions that I like. So maybe it'll be dope. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe CSM will actually make the eight and I won't have to worry about this too much. Uh, Luke asks, to be more positive, are there any core rule changes that you have really enjoyed in the new edition as opposed to ninth edition? I mean, 
there's three that come off the top of my head. One, USRs as a whole, just definitely streamlined. Not really a things. core rule, though, is it? That's just a streamlining yeah, of but... rules. All right, fine. Like, core like, rule. Talking like actual things that are on the like the, on the table that you interact with as core. All right, fine. Then that's number two for me is being able to move through your own models. Yep, big fan. It's a good one because that except is just vehicles and monsters. <laughs> Fuck you, night players. Well, except vehicles and monsters into vehicles and monsters. But everything else, like that, that change right there is so nice because it it fixes the oh sorry I need to move this first. And when you ran and played the one asshole who said no you can't do that, he'd be like, they're going there anyways. Um, yeah, that that change was really nice. Um, I kind of like lone operative, uh, and the reason that I like it is it is infinitely simpler to explain to someone than uh, lookout sir because. People were still managing to rule and play that long, even after three years of playing with it. Lone Operative yeah. feels like the negative play experience mechanic that is closest to being fine with like a within 12 or closest eligible would like clean up every problem that I have with it. Um, yeah, closest eligible would probably up, be fine. That does open up things like rhino sniping again, which I'm not a huge fan of. So I definitely think there's going to be. You know, some there's some level of extra needed to that. Like I've definitely played some lone ops families that are just not healthy to the game, even slightly. Um, Tau having like triple ghost kill if that unit was slightly better would be a big problem. Um, so yeah, I think it could be true. I really like the the characters and units. I think it plays yeah. completely fine, exactly the way I like it. I think the keywording could be streamlined a little more than it is in terms of like what goes with what. But that's more of a presentation problem than a natural rules problem. Like once it's on the table, I just generally like it. Um, and I think that's been a really good change. And it deals with a lot of the problems that we had with characters in previous editions. Um, and I like precision. Precision works pretty well as far as, like, you can actually play around it. But if you don't play around it, you can get punished pretty hard. And if you get punished pretty hard by it, it really sucks. And it'll teach you to get better pretty quickly. And then it'll kind mm -hmm. of stop mattering. Uh, Dan F. asks, What's, what food are you most looking forward to in Mechelen? Hmm. The fries the tears of my enemies. Oh, uh, mussels and fritz. Anthony, what did you say? I didn't catch it. You and Innes tried to talk at the same time. The fries were real good last year, but like most of like anything I ate in Mechlin was dope. So Europe has much higher food standards than the US. So as a general rule of thumb, pretty much everything we eat over there is quite good. The really sketchy burgers with the kebab shops that were like weird pucks that they chucked into the fryer. Oh, that shit was good though. Not great, but I'm down for more of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why didn't you just have a kebab? Because I don't really like them, if I'm being honest. Yeah, there, are there are spices in it. Yeah, I was going to say, they have pepper in them, so he just dies. <laughs> white bread, bro. Um, oh, there was a really dope pizza place we went to last year that I'm that we're having to go back to. Um, there was like that food court place that we never quite go to, like the Neckarhall or something like that, uh, that I definitely want to try and hit up this year. We're going to make more of a concerted effort as a team to like eat more, be more and better dinners. Uh, yeah, I know. So, yeah, I saw right. that too, Brian. <laughs> it sounds like two members. Of okay, the Brian is technically ethnically <laughs> German, so he's allowed to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip Paul's question because I've had enough negativity about 10th edition at this point, and we've answered this question like five times. Uh, Grant asks a very self serving question, which is How has having mods helped y'all with the show? <laughs> it's definitely increased the number of messages we have about changing channels and confusing people. Yes, but that's done now, right? Right. I think oh. we're done. I think we're probably done we might rename some channels. We yeah. need a good name for the Gene Stealer Cole channel. That is not the current Gene Stealer channel name. I like Hobo with shotguns. I don't. 
I mean, like I would call it like um, I don't know, like citizens of the Underhive rise up or something like that, and just go full marches with it. But it might be. A I little, mean, that's what I was like driving with some people. With. So I would prefer the full Marxist. I think that's funnier. <laughs> uh otherwise our mods have been great. They've handled a lot of stuff in the background. That's been nice. I don't. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I hope we've told you all that you're doing a good enough job repeatedly enough at this point. Yeah. We even have if bots not, now. It's great. Like our, our yeah. Discord actually feels like a real Discord as opposed to a thing we threw together and we're like, people can be here now. It only took us a year. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to skip Dan's question because it's just even more something. I'm just kidding. Uh, when are, well, Chris asks, when are you expecting the James Workshop apology of video to come out? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be an Eldari apology video. I think it's going to be a general apology video. Yesterday. And it Hopefully in the next week or two. Late. It all depends when they want to drop the changes. Um, 8th of I'm... July, full chaos for WCC. Oh, God. <laughs> no, because then there'll be a captain's vote. Yeah, I know. And it'll be great. And I'll be the one leading it. Yeah. Oh. I will 100% instigate a captain's vote on the 8th of July if, if they drop it. If they drop oh, it, I'd, I'd be disappointed would... if you didn't. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see you <laughs> instigate a captain's vote on the fucking 4th of August. Mod performance reviews incoming. <laughs> yeah, now it's happening. We're gonna have six month check ins. It's gonna be great. Uh, or one on ones. Yeah, we're gonna have one on. It'll be, be awesome. Fair, we're, we're all we're all do our yearly performance reviews, right? So yeah, get to find out who gotta gets uh, cut. Got to pull up the performance reviews. Yeah, Cliff hasn't been um, a show in a while. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they make a show last week? Shut up. <laughs> you and your fucking context <laughs> uh, Eric uh, asks the, uh, so should you take two mana cores and two basilisks in Gene Steeler do they come back when they die no no yeah, grow up play, play more neophytes no in all uh, terms, they're, they're fine you can play them you don't have to have them they make some no matches easier they make some them does make them significantly less good makes them a little worse like you can play them you will not be unhappy to play them you do not have to have them. There are plenty of tools in GSC to play them if you want. Ashley asks, what's everyone's favorite index and why? Outside of sheer power level reasons, I think the Death Watch one comes together pretty well thematically. Um, like feeling like you're using kill teams in concert and getting like extra ammo over that feels pretty cool. Um, the beacon is really awesome. Um, Tome is wildly powerful, but it you know makes sense to have a, an option for buffing yourself. And I really like like the movement shenanigans, and it feels super cool. Frag cannons are really impactful. Uh, it's definitely the best this I've felt since they existed, and I'm really impressed with the codex all told. Points are a little weird, and some of the interactions at all the moment is obviously wildly powerful. But just as a thematic book, I really enjoyed it. I think marines are like an indirect nerf away from being cool. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Um, for me, I was going to say the Dark Angels Index because, again, my lovely line is playable. Um, but at the same time, like if I was ever forced to play the Unforgiven Detachment, I would be okay with that losing gladius sucks but i hate everything in that book except the lion it's bizarre <laughs> uh death and command squads are hilarious um they also hit like wet noodles when you don't have oats yeah, yeah I think that's just most melee, things right? in the so... marine book yeah i feel like you could make yeah. power strength 10 and not like be upset just like generally they should be okay winning vehicles on fours but... i think if they were strength 12 it wouldn't even matter that much like Sherwood Cardart chains with chain fist design space, but other than that, yeah, give them dev wounds and leave anti vehicle three on them, it'll be fine. I like uh, the pain token mechanic just like as a thing, I think that's kind of neat. Like, I think pain tokens are kind of cool, but that's about 
the major design decision that I have enjoyed seeing so far. The rest of the Drew Carey book just kind of makes me depressed, but the pain token mechanic is cool. Um, Paul asks, Switch which... Index has actually fulfilled the GW mission statement. And honestly, uh, Paul, it's night. I'm not checking. Half of them suck. Sisters. Half of them are cool. Sisters. Sisters. Admech, Death Guard. Maybe Tyranids. Tyranids. Tyranids definitely have reduced lethality. It might be more lethal than the eighth book. (laughs) What did Pendulin say about um, in his Admech rant? Admech can table themselves by turn three, which is pretty hot. (laughs) Yeah. You could do that in in other editions as well, but yes. Yeah. I, I don't understand that that index at all i like looked at it and i was like i can't picture what how the design philosophy led to this specific index per se. I, I feel like it was there was a design in, philosophy yeah i feel like the guys like forgot to write an admic index and they were just like oh shit we need this tomorrow and they just kind of okay. like were like pendulin put it perfectly forget bringing a knife to a gunfight adeptus mechanicus are bringing a wet fart to a shitstorm. There you go. That's pretty good. The the Goonhammer Admech review definitely solved a lot of people's thoughts on Goonhammer going a little bit soft in their index reviews, which was understandable. A lot of them were a little bit um they they veered towards the positive side, which I think is fine when people are reading their their articles trying to hype talk about their index, trying to be like, hey, here are the cool things. Doesn't rub me too much the wrong way, but it definitely was like, yeah, okay, Goonhammer are kind of on the pulse with this one. It definitely did a good good job with that. Yeah, I like actually just remember as a whole know what's going on. They just, you know. They also are writing articles that they want people to read, and yeah, hate bait only goes so far. I mean, Spiky Bits is the most successful site in 40k. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that's off anything else. <laughs> are they? Though? I I get hate bait are, just looking yeah. at that fucking place. There's so many I'm, goddamn ads on those windows. Just got a message um, from a friend of mine. New drinking game is shot every time Anthony says like, and I'm really just not paying attention to that. Oh yeah, you'll the, just um... die. The index that I do like the most is actually the Necron one because I thought that I think that index is kind of cool. I thought that the goal, the power level of that index is a little high, but it's probably appropriate. It's like know. a I couple adjustments to reanimation protocols away from being a perfectly fair book. And I Sovereign think Girdle is okay. a wildly fucked up relic, by the way. Aura plus one to hit and buff all your stratagems is a little good for night for Scissorass also giving armor of contempt and an aura is real good. At least they were smart about that one and, lit, and restricted it to battle line. <laughs> yes, that's true. Which is just immortals and uh, warriors, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually like, I like actually some of the choices made in that book, and I like that they that book actually seemed to have a philosophy behind how it was designed. Some of the indexes are just weird. Well, there's been broken. some discussion and some theorizing around. Sorry, uh, that <laughs> the the fundamental issues was that they didn't intend to do indexes in the first place. Now, none of us know one way or the other what that is. Was short of GW actually coming out and saying, "Hey, we fucked up and we didn't have the time to write them properly," uh, which they'll never do. Um, make loads but, of sense. But it would make sense if these things were rushed. And didn't get like the full attention of the rules writing team they normally get. Yeah. It looks like it didn't get the full attention of the interns. So I hope that there was some form of explaining factor here. Sorry, sorry guys. Do we have any balance pack? Do we have any questions in the did anybody see any questions in the YouTube chat? All the donations were to get Innocent Anthony a Bane Blade or a Gunline Army. 
Um, and uh, Dave said uh, Necron, Necron Reanimators go burr. Yeah. yeah, which is true. Um, it really does. That, that model being good is a, so funny. <laughs> the fact that it's a 12-inch aura is definitely a... Yeah, well, not a targetable one. It's just a 12-inch aura of everybody. I was like, I like why the isn't this targetable? Might also be one of the best day sheets in the game. Like, it's true. It is a monster, but <laughs> also <laughs> infantry. Just to fuck over Gullivan. It's way funnier, too, because that model, like, nobody took it before they were like this model's so cool i got one for eight quid in imperial magazine so i'm super happy i've got one painted the only necro model i own so i guess that's it for (laughs) questions actually we got through all of them that's actually yeah it turns out i guess there's something that says the edition there's just sam making fun of you in youtube chat which is less questions and more just giving you giving you a shit yeah, that's fine. I'm open to. I'm okay with being made fun of as long as people are watching and giving us content and farming us for clips and views and stuff like that. So that's, that's fine. Fair. But we can pretend wanna... to be Hellstorm Wargaming, who did definitely comment on me slagging him off last episode. By the way, um, so <laughs> yeah. which really, which episode? Really I don't know. Last, last we we chatted shit about. I chatted shit about. Everybody tagged. Isn't Mike in our Discord? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I said something about the apothecary biologist being shit. That's why Mikey saying it was good, and he like tagged me in a YouTube video of him using it that I didn't watch. So you know, no, I don't oh, think Mikey's yeah. in our Discord. Um, no, I don't know. I Mikey doesn't want to give us money. I don't blame him. Uh, anyway, I think that's going to do it for us for the episode. Thank you. Uh, I think at some point we had like ninety-eight people watching this live. So Ooh. massive thank you to everybody who's here for the live show. As always, do check out our YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash static. You can catch all of our back episodes, all of our predictions and commiserations about ninth, about ninth and 10th edition, as well as all the other excellent shows on the network. Please do check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash where you can get access to our wonderful community Discord, full of such incredible people as most of the chat that was here today. Uh, we will catch you all next week for the actual post-Leviathan. We'll have, hopefully, maybe we'll even have a balance patch. Who knows? We could be so optimistic for the future. Um, Congratulations to everybody who made positive. Please, fucking Christ, GW. Congratulations to everybody who made Team America. Uh, Well done to all of them. I know that a bunch of those guys are uh, patrons and friends of ours. So massive props. Uh, It looks like you guys are going to have an awesome team out there. And uh, fucking anybody but England. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck at any tournaments you're at. Bye bye. Bye bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.